Um, it is good to be with you guys tonight. Thanks, brother. It's good to be with you guys tonight. Sure, love you guys. My name is Levi. I'm one of the pastors on the team here, and it's good to be with you. Like Britt said, no place I'd rather be on a Wednesday evening. I'm looking forward to this part of the night tonight. If you're new to CA students, or this is your first time, or you've been a while, we always take a little bit of time to jump into God's Word. The reason we do that every week is we believe that the Bible is exactly that. It's from God, and that when we come to God's Word, when we come to Scripture, we come to God Himself. And at the end of the day, we're not just like a club of people that are like good buddies, right? At the end of the day, we're here because we need a word from God, not a speech, right? And so that's what we make time to do every single week. So I just want to encourage you guys to kind of let your faith rise, let your expectation rise that, that you're going to hear from God tonight, not because Levi's a good preacher, but because we're coming to his word and he speaks to it. Amen? Amen. Uh, I'm honored to be with you guys tonight. We're in this teaching series called On Purpose, and it's our theme for the whole year. And the big idea is that God made us, and he made us with a purpose. Our purpose is to glorify God by loving him, by obeying him, and to glorify him by loving and by serving one another. But just because we've been given this amazing purpose in God doesn't mean that it happens automatically. Here, here's the big idea. We've been made on purpose, and we need to live that out on purpose, right? So that's what we're talking about in this series. And so to kick things off with an over-the-top memorable sermon illustration, can I have a volunteer that thinks they're pretty fast? A volunteer that thinks they're pretty fast. <laughs> the, the crowd seems to demand Nathan. Okay, Nathan, come on up. How are you doing, Nathan? Good. Jake's here, and he has a 30-second timer. And what we're doing is just really simple. You have 30 seconds to try and catch me. Go. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> What's the time, Jake? Ten seconds. <laughs> Two, one, time. <sighs> I only, I only won, cause I had a head start, and the sole of his shoe fell off, <laughs> but the sole of his heart did not. <laughs> okay. Here's what we're gonna do. Nathan, we're gonna do that again. Your shoe ripped. That makes me feel better. We're gonna do that again, but you can pick four friends to help you. Henry Virtue, Kana, and Jace. You can have one more if you want. Evelyn. Okay. 
He's got five. He's got four. Go. Points. Go, guys. You got 30 seconds. Six seconds. Six seconds. Caught in six seconds. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, when your parents ask you, what did you learn at youth group tonight? I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> so what are you going to say? This is the hard part. When you have children, there's less time to work out and stay in shape. Anyways, there's a joke about, I don't have a dad bod, I have a father figure. Yeah. Amen. 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 Here's the thing. Nathan, you're amazing. And I'm sorry your shoe broke. I feel a little bit responsible. Here's the thing, say students. When you're chasing after the things in life by yourself, you can be really fast, and it can still get away from you. You can be really fast, like Nathan, and it can still get away from you because it has a head start and your shoe breaks, right? And you can, when you're alone, you can get discouraged. When you're alone, you can lose focus. When you're alone, you can wonder if it's still worth it to keep pursuing this purpose. But when you have a team, it suddenly goes from something that just constantly feels out of my reach, I just can't grasp it, to suddenly you get it in six seconds, <laughs> right? And, and that's a silly illustration, but I think it's memorable. You see how much more effective that was. And not only was it more effective, but as soon as I told, I don't know if you guys can see this, and my legs are like giving up. As soon as I told Nathan, that he could have friends, his eyes lit up. And it's not just that, oh, I'm about to win. It's like, oh, my team. My team's going to handle this together, right? And see, students, here's the simple big idea for tonight. That it's part of your purpose to live the Christ-centered life together, not alone. And if you're taking notes on your handout, that's the first thing, right? We are not called... We are not able, it is not enjoyable, to try to live the Christ-centered life alone. We are called, both by, in Scripture, both by opportunity and imperative. We are called to live the Christ-centered life together. And while you write that down, I'm going to breathe. That's not enough, but here we go. Here we go. This, is, this example is up and down the whole Bible, right? Just off the top of my head, I can think about how Moses receives a calling from God. He's like, but God, I don't, don't talk so good, right? And God says, okay, then take Aaron with you, right? I think of Jesus talking to his disciples. And he, when he's preparing them to go out and preach the good news of the kingdom to the land around them, he sends them out two by two, right? I think about missionary Paul, like most legendary missionary, Apostle Paul. And on all his missionary journeys, he always had a companion, right? He always went with someone. Why? Because when you're alone, you get discouraged. When you're alone, you lose focus. When you're alone, you wonder if it's still worth it. But when you're together, you can be encouraged. You can be joyful. 
And you can actually, it's not just additive, it's multiplicative what you can accomplish when you're with a team together. But you may wonder, like, okay, but why? Why, why did God design us this way? And I think really the core of it is that God is a relational God, and we're made in his image. And so we are relational people, whether we feel like it or not, whether we identify as introverts or not, right? We are relational people. It's in our design. And I've heard some people say, like, oh, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to life group, right? It's just me and God. I just need God. Maybe I'll have a podcast every once in a while, right? But it's just me and God, and we're good. The problem with that is that, first of all, that's not what Scripture says, and you can't do many, many, many things Scripture says if you don't live in relationship with other people. But the big thing to keep in mind is that how does God work? He works in a million different ways, but one of the primary ways that he works on earth is through people. And so if you really want to be in relationship with God, you cannot do it without being in relationship with his body, with the church, right? Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 5 says this. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, listen to this, and we all belong to each other. We all belong to each other. You see, CA students, when you're not here at CA students, when you're not a part of life group, yes, you miss out, but also we miss out because part of our family is missing. And when you come to CA students, it's not just coming, so it's like, Aiden, lead worship for me, right? Jake, preach unto me, right? You're not just coming to, like, receive, right? You're coming to encourage. You're coming to give in addition to receive. I think about Lord of the Rings all the time. It's constantly in my brain. And I just think about, like, what if Aragorn just up and left the fellowship, right? First of all, I mean, he's pretty cool. He'd probably be fine for himself for a little bit, right? But he needs the strength and encouragement of the fellowship. And the fellowship, uh-uh, they're not going to make it. Are you kidding me? They have like four hobbits. What's the plan? Right? Like they need Strider. They need Aragorn as well. See, students, when you're not here, yes, you're going to miss out. But also, we're going to miss out. We need you. You're part of the family. God uses us to minister his grace to each other. 1 Peter 4, 8, and 10 says this. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve one another. So that's our purpose, to live the Christ-centered life together. But how do we live that out on purpose? And I just want to give you three short ways. There are lots of ways that we can live that out. Just as I was praying and preparing and reading God's word, this is what I felt led to share with you guys. First of all, I want to call you to choose one another. I want to call you to choose one another. Proverbs 13.20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. There's just this reality, CA students, that you become like who you spend your time with. 
I remember when I was in uh, college, I had this friend, and then the next year we were roommates. And he was a good buddy, and he was awesome in a lot of ways. But he had a bad habit that the Bible calls scoffing. And scoffing, because we don't use that word too often nowadays, right? Scoffing is this. <laughs> right? It's when someone says something. It's when someone talks about a show or a movie they like, and someone else just goes, <laughs> right? And they place themselves above that thing, right? Like, oh, can you believe they said that? Can you believe they, they like that thing, right? And you know what scoffing really is? It's pride. It's saying like, oh, that thing's dumb and I'm better than that. <laughs> Did you hear that? That's what scoffing is. And my friend was a scoffer. It just came to him naturally, right? And what I discovered after a year and a half of hanging out with him a lot is that I was starting to become a scoffer too. And it was not a conscious decision. It just came out of me without noticing it. Someone would say something or give the wrong answer in class and my, what came out of me naturally was, <laughs> oh my gosh, can you believe that? It, it wasn't, it, hanging out with him, that's what became normal and then I became what was normal. And see, students, that's what always happens. Who you hang out with determines what is normal for you, and you will become what is normal. The same is, op the same is true in the opposite direction. The more I hang out with Jake, the more I want to worship, right? If you've ever been around Jake while he's worshiping, I'm sure you felt the same thing. The more I'm around Jake, the more I want to encourage other people and, and call them to God's best for their life, right? And that's, sometimes it's still a conscious choice, but also I've noticed that's just come out of me naturally more and more often because that's what's become what's normal and I've become what's normal. See, students, please don't hear me say, so you can't have any friends that aren't in this room right now, <laughs> right? That's not what I'm saying. I, I have friends that are not in this room. I have friends that don't follow Jesus. I have all kinds of friends, right? What I am saying is that you're going to become like who you spend the most of your time with and who you give the most of your heart to. And so I'm calling you, see, students, choose each other. Choose relationships that are going to spur you on towards loving and following Jesus. The second thing I want to call you to is don't give up gathering with one another. Give yourself a little pat on the back. You did it. You're here tonight, right? Gathering is what makes family possible. I could have all the best intentions to encourage uh, Cohen, right? I could have all the best intentions to encourage him. I could just think like, man, he's awesome, and think that all the time. But unless I gather and we hang out together, I'm not able to extend that encouragement. I'm not able to serve him. I'm not able to pray for him in the same way, right? See, students, gathering is the action that makes family possible. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. I'm calling you. See, students, I get it. I was in high school. I know how busy it gets. I'm calling you to not forsake gathering with each other because we can't do it as a family when you're not here. We need you, and you need us. We must commit to gathering, both in this big group and in smaller groups, which we're about to do later tonight. The last thing I want to leave you with is we must forgive one another. 
we must forgive one another. Really, forgiveness is the only way that living as a family can last any length of time, right? I can be great friends with anyone for five minutes, right? And then they'll say something that annoys me or hurts me, right? And then after five minutes, I have to make a choice. Am I going to make it a priority to live the Christ-centered life mostly together, not that person not included? Or am I going to choose to forgive? And here's the thing. Here's why this is possible and this is hopeful. The reason, if you're in Jesus, the reason you can forgive is because you have been forgiven first and you have been forgiven more. This is what Ephesians 4, 11, 4 31 through 32 says. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. See, students, I need this family to be a forgiving family because I'm not perfect. And as dearly and sincerely and deeply as I love you, which I do as your pastor, even in spite of all of that, I'm still going to hurt your feelings sometimes. And I'm sorry in advance. That's not what I want to do, but I will. And, and the secret is, and you're going to hurt my feelings, and you're going to hurt their feelings, and they're going to hurt your, and it's just going to happen. Because we are, if you're in Christ, we are all in process of being saved and transformed, but we're not finished yet. And so in the meantime, until Jesus comes back, we need to be the best forgivers in the world. That's the only way that family can keep happening. The only way we can keep living the Christ-centered life together is if we're willing to forgive, to extend grace. And so I need, I need you to forgive me. And I promise that by God's grace, I'll be forgiving you too. Amen? CA students, we're about to go to life groups, and Heather will give more instructions in a second. But I just want to, as you're going to life groups, I just want you to think about how am I going to choose these people this year? As you go to life groups, think about how, how am I going to make it a priority to gather with these people this year? As we go, how am I going to, no matter what happens, choose to forgive these people and ask for their forgiveness this year? God, thank you for dying for us to make family a reality, and a, a, something that's available to each and every one of us. God, help us to receive your grace and to extend your grace to one another. We ask that you would fill our hearts with your love for you and one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.